Did you know you've yet to have your finest hour? Did you know that? Do you know what we're talking about today? Oh, goodness. Oh, my goodness. I agonized over this. I have so much information about this song. It's ridiculous. I wasn't prepared for this. I knew there was going to be a lot to cover. I knew there would be quotes. I knew there was going to be commentary and critique from many different people. But it's interesting, this song, because in some ways, even the fandom makes jokes about this. There's memes, GIFs, all kinds of things about this song. I see it all the time. But yet this song permeates and resonates and lingers and everybody knows it. And there's a huge reason for that. But yes, this song, I agonized over it as I prepared for this queen deep dive. It's a biggie. We are officially kicking off album number 11 from Queen. Released in 1984, the album The Works, their big return to rock, pop, a little bit of new wave, dance perhaps, just a smidgen. We're kicking off The Works with a song that was pretty groundbreaking in a lot of ways. And everyone knows it. You've yet to have your finest hour. Radio, radio, radio gaga. Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about track number one on Queens the Works, Radio Gaga. And this is Roger Taylor's song, the one and only song that is solely credited to him on this album. It's at a very comfortable 112 beats per minute. In the time signature of 4-4, in the key of F major, simple. We're not going out of our way to go into a bunch of different keys here, but we do have interesting diminished chords, sustained chords, seventh chords. I love the chords in this song. It makes it so epic and atmospheric. This is dive number 120. Can you believe it? This pop rock, little bit of new wave number with almost a new age feel in the background if you listen to those synthesizers. Radio Gaga. This, of course, was a single. It was the album's lead single, released January 23rd of 1984 and February 7th of 84 in the U.S. Sorry, January 23rd in the U.K. It was number one in 19 countries, Belgium, Denmark, Finland, Ireland, Italy, Sweden, etc., etc. And it hit the top 40 of every major chart worldwide. It was number 2 in the UK, so close, and number 16 in the US. Really a phenomenal song, success, success, success. And this is Rogers First big success single. Of course, he only had one other single released prior. If you can believe it, here we are, more than 10 years after the band's debut album. And this is his first, I'm sorry, this is his second single released. The first one, of course, was from the previous album, Calling All Girls. And this one, Bust Out the Box, did phenomenally well and continues to 
circulate. And it's always in the back of my brain. It is one of those hits from Queen that I quite enjoy. And I don't know why I haven't sung it karaoke, honestly. In fact, I used to call Don't Stop Me Now my favorite Queen karaoke song. And let's face it, everybody loves to join in and sing, and sing that one. But this one, first of all, audience participation galore, right? That choreography. It's the perfect karaoke number. What am I thinking? Anyway, let's get right back into Radio Gaga. And of course, if you're not familiar with the meaning of the song, Someone Still Loves You, radio. Someone Still Loves You. This is all about the diminishing radio era. There was a time, and it's reminisced quite often in this song, when radio was the primary medium to receive information or hear stories. It was the only way. It was before television. It was the way people stayed informed. I love it when you watch movies like The King's Speech and everybody's listening on the radio because you didn't have televised appearances by people. The radio was where it was at. This is also an ode to music and its importance because at the time, MTV was huge. It was bursting at the seams. People were all about music videos. The video was becoming the all-important piece of promotion. And Queen did recognize that. They practically invented the video and MTV with Bohemian Rhapsody, which again was filmed out of convenience because they weren't going to have the time to promote as much. So they went into this warehouse and did this video in a matter of hours. And look what happened. So they essentially birthed this music video concept, or at least pushed it to the forefront And now they're saying, well, what about the music? What about the importance of the music? And so this song is all about that. It's all about the the awesomeness of radio and that people will poo-poo it and say, oh, it's outdated and it doesn't matter anymore and we're all about the visuals. But radio, someone still loves you. I love this song. I, I do love it. I'll talk more about that later, but... I definitely do love and enjoy this song. A ridiculously catchy and appealing blend of pop, new wave, rock, resulting in Roger's first big hit with Queen, veering back into rockier territory and in more cyclic form, were hit straight away with this album's intentionally heavier sound but not without synthesizer magic, synths, samplers, program drums. Oh my gosh, program drums from Queen's drummer, yes. They drive this number along with its sparkling, airy crescendos and bouncy arpeggios. It's none other than a synth bass that marches up and down those scales. But John is still here, of course, punching out melodic runs, glissandos, blending with that synth bass so seamlessly. Brian has a gorgeous moment in a soaring solo and shines in a treble heavy chorus riff. And Freddie reaches into emotional depths, singing with conviction and passion and nostalgia. Roger, of course, appears vocally in the back, as does Brian, and also contributes that glorious vocoder performance. Radio. That's him. 
His style and stamp is all over this. The, the phrasing, the nostalgia, the tone, the authenticity, and the honesty. A hope shines through this song as this profession of appreciation for radio wraps around us. And when we burst into the song's climax, that beautiful big queen wall of voices hitting us hard and rousing us from our hypnotic dance music slumber, looking at you, Hot Space, it's a fresh start, something new and exciting that still encompasses classic and timeless queen elements. This song really has all of what we've heard previously thrown in the mix in different ways and with a unique balance. And as I went through this dive, you know what's really funny? So when I kicked off the works, I did criticize the album. This is probably the one and only time I've been so critical of an album as a whole because my perception has always been the guys took a step backward with this. Yes, they're incorporating modern synthesizer pop elements into their rock sound, but they're also using a lot of that established novelty rock sound to inform their direction here. And for me, as I've always perceived them to be moving forward, it felt like a little bit of a disappointment in the grand scheme of things when I think about their progression. But as I was going through this dive and I was listening to the song over and over again, I thought, maybe I should rethink my position on this album as a whole. And I'll talk about that much later. But this certainly is bursting with enthusiasm, Radio Gaga. And I think that's what makes it so addicting. And that's what makes it so fun for people to sing along to. This song, by the way, played... 1,205 times by 94 different artists. And if I had to guess, that's probably not even everyone. I'm sure it's not because not everything is documented. But that's what, is, that's what I could find. Over 1,200 performances by different artists of this song. That is how deep in pop, in music culture, this song is that that many different people have played it. And for Queen, this was a live staple, played 78 times and performed at every concert from 1984 onward, including, of course, Live Aid. That may be the only performance we need to talk about. I could talk about others, but let's just talk about Live Aid, okay? And we, we may talk about it again. I'm debating doing a Live Aid series or a Live Aid episode. In fact, I probably will. But let's get back to Radio Gaga. The magic of this on stage at Live Aid, the control, the intensity, but the brightness, goosebumps every time I watch and listen to it. Queen Freddie, so incredible at owning an entire audience of thousands, and this is absolutely no exception. Perhaps the epitome of frontman, Freddie. And many claim this song and its Live Aid performance to be the best live performance ever. And it's not just the energy. It's not just that they had thousands and thousands of people, millions likely in the palm of their hands. It's the playing and the singing, the actual performance, the execution. Freddie sounds phenomenal singing in that higher register during the whole song, that high, forceful chest voice. The bass and how John lyrically pulses through it. Brian's guitar, Wow, he digs in quite a bit, flying through some crazy riffs. That's what gives this song so much extra life 
live. We have more guitar. It's omnipresent. It's always there. And I love it. Scratches and fret noises and grit. It's awesome. Raj splashes cymbals and nails those drums, those triple snaps on the snares. Da-da-da. In between the lyrics in the chorus, all while busting out fabulous backing vocals himself. And hey, even John chimes in. So rare on vocals, John. Really, the boys feed off of the crowd's enthusiasm. And there are moments you can see the appreciation and the joy and the stunned surprise on their faces, especially Brian. Like, wow, this isn't even a queen crowd. He commented on that once, how amazing it was that everyone in the crowd did the claps and hand motions during the chorus. Some Queen songs are simply magical live, and this one, yes, and then some, in large part because of the song's message. A great one from Roger, massaged a bit by Freddie. We'll talk about that in a minute. So many great performances, really. Budapest in 86. You can really hear Roger's cymbal work there, just stunning. Like he's jogging on the cymbals. Freddie's tone is perhaps even more melodic. And I dig his dropping to lower harmonies. Harmonizing with Roger. We get all four boys singing again. That climax. All we hear is, wow, what a moment. And Brian on his guitar. Shet's kiss. The wind down after that chorus though. John, what are you doing on bass? Oh, I love it. The shuffling arpeggiated bass. The boys sound so fantastic singing. This moment, Brian just shining bright again, and we get another chorus. They extend it with another chorus. It's brilliant. Definitely one of my favorite live moments, and I'm not the only one to love this song live. I think this song gets so much love because it's such a great live number. And really, that Live Aid performance, I don't think anyone would argue that is what solidified this song as its own moment in the rock firmament. You know, it it is never going to stop, this song. And it is in large part due to that one performance and seeing all those people clapping and putting their hands up in that chorus and singing along. I love it when you can see shots of the crowd. The cameras are behind Freddie and you can see the crowd and you can see people singing out the lyrics right back at him. And as we noted, it was not a Queen-exclusive crowd. The crowd probably didn't even know who was going to be on the bill when they bought these tickets. And yet they're there, and they're singing it out and busting it out with the boys. And it's just phenomenal and such a rousing experience. I think that song in that moment has one of the most celebratory, unifying, it, it, it creates this atmosphere where everything is okay because everyone is on the same page of music. And it's perfect. And that's one of the reasons, just one of the reasons, this song is so special. I have so many fun facts. (laughs) So many fun facts about Radio Gaga. And I have a bunch of band critique too, you guys. This This is fantastic. Just ride along this with me. Fun facts for Radio Gaga. And a lot of this is the structure of the song, when it was written, how it was written, how it was tweaked, et cetera, et cetera. This was the first Queen single to have its own special catalog number, Queen One, thanks to the new contract with Capitol Records, and the first Queen product released on the new cassette single format. Did you know that? The very first Queen thing 
ever to be released on cassette tape was this single, Radio Gaga. Go look it up. Go take a look at the, go take a look at the packaging. You'll love it. I wish I had that. I wish I had a copy of that cassette tape. I actually still have a bunch of cassette tapes in a box somewhere. I hope they haven't disintegrated. Roger's second single, yes, after calling all girls, produced by Queen and Mac, good old Reinhold Mac. It was also the first lead Queen single written by Roger and his first big, big hit. He's featured singing through a Roland VP 330 plus vocoder throughout the song. Fred Mandel is featured playing piano and synthesizer, fills in the chords. He also programmed the Roland Jupiter 8 synthesizer arpeggiator baseline. That, that is his. Brian used a glass slide to achieve that sweeping sound in his soaring guitar solo. The song's title and lyrical content were inspired by a comment from Roger's Little Felix, in which he said, Radio Kaka otherwise known as Pooh, in reaction to something he didn't like on the radio. Roger and the boys opted for a catchier and safer word option, though Kaka is likely uttered in that chorus somewhere. In fact, I'm sure of it. The song's lyrics reference two major historical radio broadcasts, Orson Welles' 1938 broadcast of H.G. Wells' The War of the Worlds through War of Worlds, Invaded by Mars and Winston Churchill's 1940, This Was Their Finest Hour speech. You've yet to have your finest hour. Freddie reconstructed the song after Roger's initial draft of lyrics to make it more encouraging and rousing. He once commented that Roger's first take was, radio is doomed and on the way out. It was too heavy. It wasn't queen, quote unquote, so it was changed to be brighter. You know, I've talked about how celebratory queen is. Remember that like eons ago in my podcast, Queen Deep Dives, when I talked about how celebratory Queen is as a rock and roll band. That's not to say that rock and roll in general isn't, I want to rock and roll all night and, and party, <laughs> et cetera. And I, don't stop me now. I suppose that's more appropriate to say, but you get the picture. Rock and roll is very much a celebratory thing, but I've always felt like Queen is one of the most celebratory rock bands ever. And this is definitely true in this song and its message, and its sentiment, and the way it feels. The video features clips from Fritz Lang's groundbreaking film, Metropolis, from the 1920s, and depicts time traveling to presumably the future into a dystopian, grim society. Visions of people listening to the radio, past times appear, as well as the boys flying through the city, and Raja's driving the vehicle using a microphone. I don't know... Many people have noticed that in their red and black outfits. And then in front of a captive, entranced audience made up of none other than 500 Queen fans who did, in fact, learn the choreography much faster than the boys themselves. The video cost more than 110,000 pounds. And the outtakes are gold. Seriously, you can find them all over YouTube. Just go look. I might link to them. They're brilliant. It's fabulous to see the boys cracking up. It's fantastic. Queen worked with director David Mallett and bought the rights to certain Metropolis scenes from the German government to use them in the video. And the video was played often, received an MTV Video Music Award nomination. It was so impactful with that choreography. It's arguably what made the song so popular. When this video started playing, definitely catapulted the song up the charts. 
in many places. Melodies and this song's arpeggiator patterns were featured in one of Roger's own songs, I Cry For You, Love, Hope, and Confusion. And I want to note how much I love that song. (laughs) I love that song so much. And the instruments, the expression in it, it's kind of crazy. It's, it's that much more synthesized, I would say. It sounds to me like that much more of a synth-heavy song, especially the extended dance mix of it, which I love. I'm so, forgive me for saying this, I'm so gaga over that version of that song. It is my ringtone. <laughs> it's totally my ringtone, yes. Roger Taylor's I Cry For You is my ringtone. Mm-hmm. I love it. Anyway, you got to go check it out. He did, yes. In fact, I don't remember where I read that, but he basically admitted that he used the same inspired, some of the same chord sounds and synthesizers in his own song, which honestly, if I loved it that much, I would probably do it too. Absolutely no qualms with that. It's a great song. Now back to Radio Gaga. This song, Radio Gaga, did in fact inspire the naming of Lady Gaga. And it was... Likely music producer and talent scout, Rob Fuseri, who, knowing Gaga's love for Queen, sent her the suggested stage name in a text, to which she supposedly replied, don't ever call me Stephanie again. Of course, her real given first name is Stephanie. I've also read that she suggested that herself or that it was a nickname thrown at her while she was performing in her earlier days. I don't really know which story is true, but it definitely is true that this song's title influenced her stage name. All right, band critique. I have a lot. (laughs) I think I have a lot from every guy, from every man. Maybe, I don't know, we'll see. I can't remember if John chimed in, but I'm telling you, guys, so this took a while for me to not only get my boldness together and get my gumption to do this episode because this is such an important song. But the plethora of material, I had to watch tons of videos again. I had to go back to my books. I had to make sure I referenced my quotes, my accurate quotes. I was everywhere trying to pull stuff together for the song. I'm telling you, so much information about Radio Gaga, including these quotes. Just ride them with me. So Roger, with Modern Drummer in 84, and I think I tried to do this in chronological order of when the comments were made. He said, quote, I liked the title and I wrote the lyric afterward. It happened in that order, which is a bit strange. The song is a bit mixed up as far as what I wanted to say. It deals with how important radio used to be, historically speaking, before television, and how important it was to me as a kid. It was the first place I heard rock and roll. I used to hear a lot of Doris Day, but a few times each day, I'd also hear a Bill Haley record or an Elvis Presley song. Today, it seems that video, the visual side of rock and roll, has become more important than the music itself. Too much so, really. I mean, music is supposed to be an experience for the ears more than the eyes. Unquote. Freddie with Westwood One in 1984. Quote, sometimes I take the whole song over, like uh, I don't mind saying it, Radio Gaga. I just instantly felt that you could build that into a really good, strong, saleable commodity. And I think Roger was just thinking of it as just another track. So I virtually took it over and I sent him on a, he went on a skiing holiday for about a week and came back, but it's basically his song. You know, he had the ideas all together. I just felt that there was some construction elements in it that were wrong to start with, 
And he just said, okay, you do what you want. He wanted to have a hit very badly, and I think he deserves it, unquote. Isn't that sweet? Honestly, good call, because I would be intrigued to hear Roger's initial take on this song, whether it was different lyrics, whether it was just a different chord progression, whether there was something about it that was darker and not quite so optimistic and nostalgic. But honestly, this still feels very much Roger. I think if, if Freddie had a big hand in this, it, he did it in a way that it didn't, it didn't destroy the integrity of Roger's original composition because this still feels like, it feels very much like a Roger song. And I love that we have Freddie saying, you know, yeah, I stepped in and I took this and I tweaked it. And Roger was like, all right, all right. But if it's really true that Freddie's intention was, hey, this is a great song. This is a great framework. We can work with this. This is going to be massive. Just let me do this for you and let me give this to you. <gasps> My heart. <laughs> I'm sure that's not exactly how it went down, but one can dream. Roger with Making Music in 1988 said, quote, I have a facility for writing music, but I don't want to know anything particularly technical, like what the chords are called. I'm going to stop right here and say, first of all, I love that. And he still is that way. This is a man who never really cared about the notes on the page. And I would, I, I would assume that most of them are like that. Sometimes you can just tell when people are feeling the music and that's how they're performing it. It's not about what's on the page. It's not about what's written. It's not about the rules. It's about just what you feel. And Roger is very much like that. He's always drummed that way too. So whenever he writes a song, he will go in and just play it as it feels right. And I think I love that. I love that approach. I love it. So anyway, back to Roger's quote, where was I? I'm a much better guitarist than I am a keyboard player, but now I find melodically it's much easier to write on keyboard. Radio Gaga was a completely keyboard written song, unquote. Roger talked about the song as well as the band's shift back to rock and roll in the Jim Ladd interv interview in 1984, quote, it's a praise of radio, really. A lot of people took it the wrong way. I think we were just trying to get back to what we felt people wanted of us. And you have to make a living. We had an album, Hot Space, which we thought was a sort of step in a direction. I think it was a step in the wrong direction. It was, I thought, not one of our most enjoyable albums for me, unquote. And I kept all of that because it's a lot of context. He was talking about... Radio Gaga, but then he started elaborating about their direction as a whole. And I think this song kicks off this new direction really, really well. It's a great album opener, and I'll elaborate more on that as we get through the rest of this. Now, Brian, with Queen and 3D launch Disney Studios in 2017, we're jumping much more recent here, quote, when we made the record, then it was all we hear is Radio Kaka because Roger wrote it. Do you know what kaka is? Kaka means shit. <laughs> so Roger wrote it because his little boy was saying, it's kaka, it's kaka, because he'd heard some grown-ups talking. So it was Radio Kaka. But our record company said, you cannot do this. It has to be Radio Gaga. So we changed the title, but we didn't change the record. So if you go back and listen to Radio Gaga, you'll hear, all we hear is Radio Kaka. Nobody knows this except you, <laughs> unquote. <laughs> 
You know, I just realized, how many times does he say that word in this quote I yanked out of here? But that's Brian, honest to a fault. I think Roger is as well. But Brian really blunt here and just saying, you know what? It was written that way. And guess what? We sang it that way. And I don't know if it was every single instance of the singing of quote unquote Radio Gaga, but you can definitely hear if you listen close, you can hear a little bit in there of the original title. And later, Brian talked about the audience participation at Live Aid. Quote, I remember thinking, oh, great, they picked it up. And then I thought, this is not a queen audience. This is a general audience who've bought tickets before they even knew we were on the bill. And they all did it. How did they know? Nobody told them to do it. See, the power of video. That's what's interesting. And it was arguably the video that made this song so popular in the first place. But yet the song is about the importance, the nostalgia, the loss of that classic radio wave medium. Very interesting contrast of concepts. And I totally understanding why people would misunderstand it. Because in the chorus, we've got all we hear is Radio Gaga or Radio Goo Goo. You know, it's, it's almost like they're... They are literally poo-pooing it and saying, no, we've had enough of this, but radio, someone still loves you. That's where the turnaround is at the, co- the close of the chorus. And I just love that. I love that little bit of playfulness in there. I do have critique, both good and bad here. How dare they? The press were hard on this. Quote, Displays a lack of substance, intention, cohesion, or spirit. Arrogant nonsense. It quite upset my afternoon. Unquote. That was from NME. No spirit? Hmm, interesting. Here's another one. Quote, after a long absence, Queen come bouncing back. All we're going to hear from our radios for the next few weeks is Radio Gaga, Radio Gugu. Unquote. And that was Record Mirror. Absolute indifference. So not entirely bashing it, but I think a very lackluster comment to write about this song. Sandy Robertson in the Sounds Review for the Works lambasted this. Quote, Radio Gaga is about the radio, airplay assured, critical of radio pap, controversy assured, and is a prime slime example of the humming, annoyingly likable baby food pop music that the song itself is slating. More airplay and more controversy guaranteed. Safety with a catch, you see? Sly dogs, unquote. And the rest of the interview attempts to frame this song as bright nonetheless, with nothing else working as well. But listening to that, you kind of feel like that's a dig and not a, it's not a, no. (laughs) That is not a celebratory statement, at least not in my, not, not from my perspective. But there is praise about this. Park. Pewterbach, I cannot say it, Putterbog, I'm so sorry, at Rolling Stone. I butchered the name last time too, I'm so sorry. Quote, Radio Gaga, the single that opens up the new Queen album, is another instant jewel in Queen's top 40 crown. Unquote. Woohoo! Rolling Stone, that's a first. Unfortunately, he also picked on Queen's general musical style and approach when he commented on how appealing this was. So, 
can't still can't compliment without getting a little bit of a dig in there. People Weekly gave it a backhanded compliment. Quote, the hit single Radio Gaga attempts simultaneously to send up and exploit electropop and does achieve a kind of droning hypnotic appeal, though its success may be due less to the music than the video associated with the track. Unquote. Now, the press still couldn't just give the band a straight-up compliment, right? Not without criticism. Funny thing is, fans. I don't read a lot about this, good or bad. Aside from the occasional comment on Roger's lyrics, which some people do write they find annoying, or I suppose in general they find the song annoying. It's like the press, the fans seem to be largely indifferent about this. There's, like I said, there's plenty of memes, jokes, but whenever this comes on, people still jam to it. It's like a sleeper hit. Even my husband, like, he probably would never say, sure, I like this, but he sings along to it every single time. People clap and dance to it. I think people like this. Deep down, I think people really like this, but very often, whenever it's mentioned on the Queen subreddit or anywhere online, people will just write the lyrics, but they don't, they don't actually talk about the song. I, I went through many posts to see if anyone posed the question, what do you really think about Radio Gaga? I haven't seen that question. Maybe I'll do it myself. I, I'm just curious to know people's genuine thoughts about it because by and large, I seem to get the impression that people think this is just a decent Queen song and it happens to be a hit, you know? So I, I don't see a lot of people going, oh my goodness, I love Radio Gaga. It's the best thing ever. Occasionally, someone will say it's a favorite, but that's very, very rare and yes, there are plenty of soulful numbers and well-constructed numbers. I'm not going to tell you this is my favorite Queen song. It is definitely a favorite of their hits, certainly. But this is not something that probably is even in my top 10 because I very much enjoy the 70s Queen numbers and, of course, their approach at that time. So this is far beyond that. But I think, number one, I'm a sucker for Roger. And number two, I love the vibe of this song. Every time I listen to it, I just, I'm just happy. And every time I watch the Live Aid performance, I am blown away. And I know it incredibly well. I, th I've seen it so many times. I've heard it so many times. You would think it would get monotonous. But I can sit there and watch that and just be in awe. And I get goosebumps. And I almost get teary-eyed. It, it just to see the people and the band. And you really get the feeling once they're finished with that song. And what a great live resolution this song has. You can see their faces. And it's just like they're sitting there going, my gosh, the people. They, they just, they responded. The people responded. And Queen's, they're used to that at this point. You, you got to remember, Queen is very much an audience participation band and have been for a while at this point. So for them to be amazed at a, a, an audience's response that is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. That's, that's, a, that's an amazing, almost miraculous thing. And yes, I'm being super dramatic. But I think that that moment is such a special moment that it deserves a lot of praise. And, and it deserves to be recognized as, when I think about the songs performed at Live Aid, I think that's my favorite one. Just something about the way that the guys opened with the ballad the ballad portion of Bo Rap, and then they launched into Radio Gaga. And that was when people started really freaking out and dancing and waving their hands in the air. And 
you know, it kicked off. It really did launch that set into this moment, this moment that lives on forever. That's what that song did. That's what this song did. Amazing. And it opens pretty unassumingly. Drums, but not just any drums, synth drums, hi-hat and maracas <gasps> panned to either side. Live cymbals accent the closing phrases. There's a lot of ambience, reverb and delay on these drums, even on the kick, even on the bass drum, which seems surprising. But what a boom it creates, as if Queen are pounding in to say, yep, we've still got it. Then that bass arpeggiator, <gasps> ooh, octave bounces, they flutter in and out. A slow cymbal creeps in, widening the sound, and crash in all sparkles. The tonic chord rings out joyfully. A synth pad carries the chord. There's a twinkly sound at the forefront. These chords, the way it feels, F with a second, G minor seventh, seventh chords, B flat, and back down again. Anticipation with so much enthusiasm. And behind it all, supporting the weight, there's John, gliding up and down playfully on bass. Little licks. Surprising dives in tone on that fretless bass. Radio, hello, Roger. More synths, a piano, perhaps? A heavily filtered choral chord sweeps in, rising in feeling. We're almost a minute in and we're still in the intro. It sets the stage. It's a lot like uh, Michael Jackson's Billie Jean, right? The way it opens with those drums and just keeps going forever and ever and ever. And I think some producers told him, you got to cut that down. And he was like, no, that's what makes me want to dance. And guess what? He was right. That's what makes everyone <laughs> want to dance. And I think this song takes a similar approach. It really comes in and builds and builds the anticipation. But then I'd sit alone and watch your light. Freddie, our front man. He sounds lovely, natural, but with a great assertiveness and a longing, that nostalgia. He just knows how to deliver a tone that's perfectly aligned with a song's mood and intention. The same gorgeous chords, those buttery chords carry us through the verse. And everything I had to know, I heard it on my radio. My ears keep going to John on that bass. Accented between Freddie's delivery. John dances around those chords, punching out memorable moments. The entirety of this song. You made us feel like we could fly. Yes, Freddie, indeed. And Roger appears again on that vocoder. This mix of nostalgia and modern sounds and manipulations. It's a theme that will carry through the album. Machines. So don't become some background noise. This is where the shift happens. A bubbly synth up the scale and the next chord. So F and a second into A flat diminished seventh, G seventh, B, and a C sustained fourth. What a ride. Likely one of the many chord progressions Roger once said he doubted guitarists would go to while writing a song on guitar. This is just one of the reasons he wrote it on a keyboard. We get chromatic notes rising from John on bass. And just complain when you're not there. Okay, this chord, this moment, Freddie's pleading and intensity. 
the rising of that sweeping filtered cord that whop, it just comes at you in your face. We know something's coming. It surrounds us and it's glorious. You had your time. You had the power. You've yet to have your finest hour. Oh, isn't that a brilliant declaration? Not just for radio, but for anything. And Roger's there singing bright and raspy in the best way with Freddie. It's only just hit me that this is easily Queen's most atmospheric thing yet. The way these synths and chords fly out from the speakers and surround everything, sounding ethereal and dreamy, two of my favorite things. And that playful radio, a perfect melodic phrase, that pre-chorus. Oh, but the best part is here, of course. As the bright treble ringing guitars chime in, hello, Brian, arpeggios. All we hear is clap, clap. Synth claps. That lingering on the vocal shifting to the offbeat creates the surprising, less predictable pattern. Radio Gaga. Notice the chord change also shifts on the offbeat. Basic B flat to the tonic F. Urgency, intention, excitement on those offbeats. John rolls up and down on bass as Freddie, Roger, and Brian rally us in melodic unison in octaves. Radio, what's new? Radio. Suspension, where are we going next? The playfulness, the optimism carry us onward. Someone still loves you. Freddie, double tracked, emphasis. That's a very Roger thing too. Singing a lead, doubled. What we get next is a little excursion into Baseland. That synth bass and John dancing together. It's almost impossible to tell them apart sometimes. Another brilliant verse ahead. We watch the shows. We watch the stars. The essence of this melody lingers, a familiar friend, as we listen to Freddie's nostalgic wonders again. How music changes through the years. Love that echo there and that reverb on the vocal and in the melodies. And a round of rousing chords and expanding sounds lead into the pre-chorus again. So stick around, cause we might miss you when we grow tired of all this visual. Isn't that great? Are you ready for it? Are you? All we hear is, and all those harmonies in there. All we hear is, all we hear is Radio Gaga. The boys sound so fantastic together. We're not in unison in octaves anymore. No, this is triadic harmonies. Roger's high harmony stands out, rings out. The richness of these voices brings to mind previous vocal heavy pieces. But this is more accessible even. It's catchier, it's brighter, but still soulful. Full of spirit, if you ask me. And this percussion, real claps this time. That pounding kick doubled up at the start of every few measures. Our instruments return with renewed energy. Radio, what's new? Again, just the drums take over and the synth bass permeates our ears on a very low octave. Verse chords again. Radio Gaga. Like an echo of an old friend we don't want to forget. Radio Gaga. And just when you think we're done, there's Brian soaring up the scale with all of those bluesy bent notes and glissandos in a mini solo. But we're not done yet. You had the time. You had the power. It's so joyful and hopeful. And though its length is pretty substantial, we're in well deep into the five minute mark. It doesn't feel long enough as it begins to fade. I almost wish the album version ended like the extended one does. 
with a gentle downbeat, closure, and a subtle echo out. Or like the live version where Freddie rings out and holds his notes and Roger's crashing in on those cymbals and those drums like a madman and Freddie just goes, loves you, and it just closes out, boom. And I always love it when the guys look at each other and they just know when to bring it down and the crowd erupts. Phenomenal ending, this song live. Really? I do love this song. I love it. It's so celebratory. As I said, queen, celebratory, go hand in hand. And this is one of those songs that it just encapsulates that feeling. It's right there and it epitomizes it. You can touch it, the joy in this song, even though there's a lot of longing in it. There's a hopefulness here, as I said. You could take this song far beyond just the meaning of radio. It's almost like if something has started to fade and lose its luster and lose its importance, it's important to remember just how vital it is as a piece of society or as a piece of your life or whatever. Yeah, I'm getting really introspective, but I love this song. I think it's one of the guy's best opening numbers on an album, and it definitely sets the stage for the rest of this rock pop album we're going to dive into headfirst. And I'm rushing headlong. You guys, I can't wait to get to that song. <laughs> we are albums away from that one still, but it's definitely a favorite. This though, this Radio Gaga, I think it deserves more love, you know, genuine love, not just people sharing memes about it or, or, you know. I do think that the film Bohemian Rhapsody renewed interest in this song as well as many others for Queen, of course. But I think just watching the Live Aid portion in Bo Rap is a great reminder of what the actual Live Aid performance brought to the masses and to the world at that time. Because remember, it was a big deal. There were millions of people, hundreds of millions of people tuning in and watching the broadcast. And I can't even imagine the pressure of that moment. Yes, this is a band who've performed in front of thousands and thousands of people. I mean, look at what they did in South America. But that's nothing compared to what they did here. And I don't want to go on too much. I don't want to talk anymore about Live Aid because, yeah, I think I'm going to do something special with it. I've just, I've decided. I, I was debating for a long time and I've decided. After listening to this again, the Live Aid performance, Radio Gaga, I have to do something special dedicated entirely to that performance. And I will gush about it. But for now, let me just say that Radio Gaga, I would love it if the guys did a new release of remixes using original tracks. Just take the stems of the song and create something brand new. There's a remix totally not related to Radio Gaga, but Madonna's Ray of Light. I've talked about it before, how I went to the ends of the earth to find every single remix I could find. And I think I succeeded. But there is a remix that's much more recent that takes the classic elements of the song and amplifies them with modern elements. And now remember, that song is over 20 years old now, which blows my mind. But it is one of the best remixes I've ever heard of any song. And I ran my fastest mile ever listening to that song, if I might add. It is amazing. And I would love it if Radio Gaga was given the same treatment. And for all I know, it has. I'm sure there are people out there on SoundCloud and who love to dabble in remixes that have made this song something even more incredible than the original version. 
the nostalgia and the sentiment around the original is always going to remain intact. But I'm all about taking a song like that that has a wonderful melodic structure. And let's face it, Roger's very good with melody structure. When he released his last solo album, Outsider, recently, he did an interview. And I forget the, the show he was on, but the interviewer was telling him, you have a wonderful sense of melody. And I think that's displayed here. And I, I know, I don't know how much Freddie contributed to this. I've read comments from some analysts for this song that say that it's likely Freddie had a bigger influence on the chords than is noted anywhere because of the transitions of those chords. But I still think, look at the other songs Roger's done. Look at Tenement Funster. Look at Drowls. We got that wonderful shift, that modulation in the bridge. I, I just think that this is something that I guess I want to believe <laughs> that those chord progressions were his because I think they're so magical and they do something to you. I've talked about that, how chord progressions hit you in the heart. They make you feel. It feels. And these chords do that to me in Radio Gaga. I love it. There are many moments like that in Queen songs. One of the most obvious other earlier numbers is White Queen as it began. What a number from Brian. And of course, you take my breath away from Freddie. You know, every single one of the guys has had a moment like that. That melodically, I am lifted to something more. And this is definitely one of those moments with Radio Gaga. So I urge you to go back and watch the Live Aid performance, but go back and just listen to this song from start to finish. Just listen to it. Turn off the lights and just grab the best headset, headphones, earbuds you have, whatever it is, grab something with really great sound and just listen to this. And listen to it multiple times and pick out something and follow it all the way through. The synthesizers the drums, the voices, the harmonies. You begin to really understand just how genius Queen's work is when you start to pick it apart like that. Sometimes things just come together almost magically. And this feels like one of those moments. And what a great kickoff number to Queen's 11th, 11, 11th album, The Works, 1984. All right, guys. This has gone on long enough. I don't even want to know how long this is. <laughs> I knew it was going to be long, but I will be back next time. Keep yourselves alive. Should I do it? Keep yourselves alive. Keep yourselves alive. All you people. Okay? Keep yourselves alive for me. I'll be back next time to talk about a number that has honestly grown on me a lot, just recently even. And we'll talk all about it next time. But please take care of yourselves. Be good to yourselves. Be good to others. Do fun things. Do happy things. Don't become obsessed with other people and what they may or may not have that, that you don't or how they look and you don't. Just you are you and you are you for a reason. Okay? There's actually a lyric from one of my own songs. Oh, yes. I was trying to think what it was. <laughs> I can't even remember my own lyrics sometimes. One of my own songs, it is, call it luck, call it chance, call it what you want. There's a reason you are breathing. All right? Just remember that whenever life is tough. And listen to some Radio Gaga and fan out.
just like I did. Fangirl out. No matter who you are, it's okay to fangirl. Next time, guys. <laughs>